Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the DH Effect, the Decided Heart Effect, where every week we ask you to take action and be inspired to live with a decided heart. My name is Sonia Montiel, and I have my amazing co-host, Hillary Bilbrey. Hey, Hillary. And today we have an incredible guest, John Mitchell, also lovingly called John Baton, who is the founder of Twirling to Fight Cancer. Twirling to Fight Cancer is designed for baton twirlers to help raise funds and awareness for breast cancer and all cancers and its survivors, all of the survivors. And John, we normally don't do, do this, but I have to read your bio. It's a quick bio because it's so truly who you are and how I know you. Coach John Baton is the sarcastically stylish twirling legend. He is the exception to the rule, the game changer, the trendsetter, a history maker that is obsessed with dominating and revolutionizing the twirling game. Coach John Baton teaches baton twirling to children and young adults across the United States while raising awareness and breast cancer. That is amazing, fabulous, one of the kind. And I am just, we are just so grateful that you're here with us today, John. Thank you, Sonia. It is so good to see your smiling face. You guys have been doing such good work and I am just ecstatic to be here. Glad we were able to make this work. And so I thank you for that intro. I am really excited. You two knew each other. So I got to witness a, a bit of a reunion just before this. And I, so I'm feeling just a little bit giddy, as Sonia likes to say about me, because I get to be in on getting to know you and what a remarkable person you are. I know we want to get to your decided heart moment about how you got to where you are now, how you are doing what you do. But I, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking as our listeners and viewers are tuning in, they're like, what is like baton twirling? What is this all about? So I think maybe let's start there. Can you explain <laughs> what that even means? Right. So that's such a good, actually, intro question because, you know, you say baton twirling and you, to be honest, think it's someone like you, you know what I mean? It's a girl, pretty face, great hair, like baton twirling. And he, did he really say baton twirling? And it was like, yeah, it's baton twirling, like marching parades, 4th of July, Memorial Day. Um, technically, I am born and raised and originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, my mother was a high school majorette and we were a parade family. So all the holidays, 4th of July and all of that, we'd go to my grandmother's house and we'd watch the parades. And I was an only child. And so kind of after the parades, I associated, oh, that was my mom's marching band. She was a majorette and I would just have her old baton and play with it. And actually what kept me interested in it was that I wasn't really allowed to bring it home. You know, it was the taboo. It's that's for girls. Little, you know, be careful of that and be a little sissy and all of those kind of things. And so I got that messaging rather early on when I was younger, but it made me still then almost want the forbidden fruit, if that makes sense. And so I taught myself how to twirl all the way up to sixth grade. And then by the time I got to sixth grade, my mother had realized this is not just a hobby, he's into this. And she found a coach and that's where it started. It literally took me to competition level. Uh, my high school was an all male Catholic high school. So we didn't have majorettes. It was just whenever there's a guy twirler. So I had like the 50 yard line literally in, the, in ninth grade, which then prepared me to be the competitive baton twirler mixed with the show twirler and capture the field for the Penn State University as the first African-American um, and first male feature twirler ever at Penn State University. So that was a lot of, you know, the 
the, I guess the bullying and all of that paid off because it literally to be at a school like Penn State that holds over 100,000 people in their stadium and each other, you know, every other week I was performing and then to ultimately get on the world team and travel to Marseille, France was, you know, huge. And then brought me to California once I graduated from grad school. And at that point, it was about trying to really be in the entertainment industry and expose the sport to the masses, knowing that I looked different. I didn't have the traditional look. Um, African-American, male, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a flamboyant guy that, you know, old girl and all of that. That wasn't my personality. That wasn't who I was. So I brought something very different to the table to really expose baton twirling. So I teach kids. I judge all over the country. I've gone international with it. And it's just really been an incredible, incredible experience. So, you know, kind of thanks for asking. I appreciate that. Oh, my gosh. I just want to take a moment just to celebrate that. Right. I mean, congratulations. Thank you. It's, Thank you. And now you're judging as well, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I've been judging for a while. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and the thing that's exciting to me about that or amazing to me about that is I know we're, we have another decided heart moment that we want to talk to you about, but like sinking into for a second, it is so hard when you are being bullied and when you are doing something outside the norm to hold on to who you are and to stay true to it. And you show up with such confidence and to trust your heart, like to trust that this is what you were supposed to do, regardless of what anyone said to you. Where did that come from, John? That's a good question. You know, when a lot of times when I've been asked, and it'll definitely went in high school, like, or in grades, like, why do you twirl? Like, well, you know, and it was always a loaded question. It wasn't just, why are you interested in twirling? It was kind of like, as a guy, what made you twirl? And I never could understand why it was such a question because I would always ask the athletes, like, well, what made you want to play basketball? What made you want to play? You know what I mean? Like, what makes you want to do anything? I can go back to where I remember on, you know, where I saw it in the parades and kind of a little bit of what I shared in my story, but in the heart of it and the deepness of it, it just became that no one could give me an answer on why I couldn't twirl or why I shouldn't twirl. And as I got a little older, and we're talking just fifth, sixth grade, where I started to kind of look at the surroundings, I started to really understand very quickly that it's really a stigma and you really are wanting to technically keep me in a box and tell me I can't do something. And it just, and you're not giving me a good enough reason on why I can't do it. And I just kept wanting to do it. I kept having my little dreams. I put, you know, I had a little journal and I wrote down, I want to be a world champion one day. I'm going to show them. And it was one of those, you know, how you think. And when you manifest it, you literally, in my belief, end up making it happen. Um, but it was through a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work, a lot of focus, um, some disappointment, to be honest, and really some um, hits and bumps and bruises on John, little Johnny, if I can, because they call me Johnny back in Pittsburgh. So it was the hurts of little Johnny that I think gave me the strength because as I grew into John and more importantly, maybe John Baton, I realized that there's a gift and there's a purpose for what I do. And it's not just about needing to prove to people. It's about realizing that when I share me, I authentically give that I get back. But most importantly, I also give the uniqueness of me. You know what I mean? No one can do me just like no one can do you. So that's, I think, where it comes from. And um, it's still a work in progress, to be honest. It's still a work in progress. You know, there, there's so much courage. Um, we had a previous speaker, Carol Burton, and she actually did mention the little Carol, the little us, mm. you know, and, and there t there's a lot of courage to, to not ignore that little Sonia, little Johnny, little Hil yeah, Hillary, yeah. and to actually go, she talks about a well, that you go down into that dark place sometimes and you just hover there. You mm -hmm. hover there, you, you accept 
you know, our littles and whatever that, where that pain that might be there. And then you embrace it. And for you to have known to have done that, to have the courage and say, I'm going there because I have so much curiosity about this stick. (laughs) (laughs) It's calling to me. It knows my name. Everyone else is saying no, but my, my little Johnny here and me now there's something, there's some, a power to it. And I just, that clarity is just, it takes a, like you said, work and courage. And I just have to celebrate. It's been crazy because I actually created a cartoon. And so um, it's titled, you know, technically little JB. So it's a little John Baton and he literally has the whole JB as his, you know, insignia in the center of his chest. But it's about that kind of um, journey of a little boy that finds himself and has empowerment within himself through this thing called that magic wand, through that thing called the baton. Do you know what I mean? And so um, we've created to where I have a whole bunch of friends around me. So the diversity is there in regard to the friends that I hang with. And we all have our own like different type of powers. But it's really unique in regard to knowing that it can kind of really speak to the next generation. And there are a lot of kids that have a different way in which they have and are used to being communicated with. And that's where I think we as the young adults and just the adults period have a responsibility to speak to the youth. And so hopefully my you know, passion and my talent um, speaks to them. And then I leave with an educated message and it's always about educating, entertaining and enlightening. That's my kind of threes. I love it, but it really does. I mean, it speaks to those, you know, those things so much, but I, I also feel this, this umbrella of resilience as well, that to me is so powerful. I mean, I I actually could feel myself tearing up and kind of getting the chills as you were telling your story. And the thing is, is we haven't even gotten to the root of some (laughs) of the really emotional pieces of your story, but yet I do think, um, I, I think as we are entering in, we've now said this more than once, Sonia and I, about the pandemic coming out of the pandemic, there is a second pandemic in this wave of of mental health Mm -hmm. uh, that we're seeing. And the thing that is the biggest, you know, it takes so much courage and so much resilience to just continually check in with who you are as a human and to continue to show up as that person. Uh, And and I just, you're such a beautiful model of that, John. I just, uh, so thank you. Thank Thank you so much. I so that. back to twirling. Yes, sorry, <laughs> thank you. Yes, cancer. Yeah, you know, th- this is this is what happens with John. He, you're just so extraordinary. Like, let's talk more about that. Let's talk more about that. <laughs> but there is there is a really second, you know, I mean, the side heart moments, there's so many in our lives, but there are really big mm-hmm. shifts. And there was another one in your life. And that led to where you are now as the founder for twirling to fight cancer. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, so that heart moment was pretty big for me. Um, Long story short, my mother came down with breast cancer. And um, it was one of those things where I heard she told me we were, you know, we were ready to handle it. But at the same time, um, there was just a little panic. And I'm an only child. And so there was no brothers and sisters to kind of talk with and whatnot. And so it just felt like, oh, my God, am I going to lose my mom? Is she going to die? You know, you go down the deep end of what it could be versus what it clearly was not and didn't end up being. And so with that, we created um, a nonprofit and it was really just to kind of have people support my mom. We, we created a t-shirt, people who pre-ordered the t-shirts um, got on the back 
And that money that we raised from that made us um, create a bulk, you know what I mean, of T-shirts to then sell at our national championships for baton twirling. And so that's where it really started. And so one day was dedicated to breast cancer awareness. Everyone wore the T-shirts. But what came out of that were stories. And so many people, as they would buy the shirts, had their own story. So they were supporting me and my mother, but they were also connecting because they had their own walk. And so through the years, it became evident that it wasn't something that um, I was just supposed to do for a year or two because my mom had breast cancer. Now she survived and she's a survivor. We can be done. It became more of understanding, wait, there's some purpose to this bigger than me, bigger than my mother. And this is something that I really need to continue and work through on how to really make a powerful impact. And so it became something that was very much um, scary and traumatic to where now it almost becomes very, um, 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 I'm gonna say like therapeutic because each year, I always talk about that in the kind of every year I have to think about the why am I doing this? It's not about my mom anymore as much as it still is important that we know that she's here, she's a survivor, she has a testimony. Um, But my why really becomes every single year something that I don't even expect. So for instance, this past year, pandemic year, we had a woman that got breast cancer and she ended up having her surgeries. And literally she took a picture and couldn't wait to post. I've successfully made it through my surgery and I couldn't wait to be able to put on this t-shirt, which was our twirling to fight cancer t-shirt and give a thumbs up. I was done. I was like, you know, not was I only crying, like, you know, blubbering fool, but I was done because it was like, I don't care if nobody buys t-shirts because of the pandemic this year, like that one woman was so much focused on that goal to just get out of surgery and put that t-shirt on, you know, and take that kind of quick picture and post it on her social media, that that's what it's about. It's about each individual person feeling that someone recognizes their journey and is able to at least help in some kind of way, whether it be through the money, whether it be through the education or just through a hug, you know what I mean? Just through a hug. So it was very meaningful. And then most recently, just to quickly um, update This year, the original founder, which was, we both co-founded the organization together, she was a twirling mom. Um, Her name was Burma Autry, and she just came down with breast cancer. So literally 10 years to the technically, you know, in the making of it, now the original founder ended up having breast cancer. So that's been very much, um, and she's a close friend. So, you know, once again, it gets personal. It it gets personal every single year. It's just, I don't know what that's going to look like. So... That's a little bit about the why and how I continue it. And it still becomes a very um, decided, you know what I mean? Heart effect. It's still that extreme heart effect that pulls on me to still do the work. Well, and I feel like part of the decide, the DH effect for you really, when I'm listening to this is, and, and I'm, I'm, what's resonating with me is I'm so similar in that if something is in front of me, I can't make sense of it until it becomes something where I can be of service, you know, and and that's what I'm feeling from you as well is, okay, I'm going to ground myself in what's going on right now. I don't know how to make sense of this, but I will darn well turn it around and figure out a way to kick it in the booty and, and do something with it and be of service. And so I just feel that, I guess I want to honor that. Like I, I feel that pull of service from you, but also this sense of compassion and understanding of needing to and wanting to hold this space for cancer survivors and people who are, are 
touch, like literally have I ever met anyone? I don't think we can meet anyone who has not somehow been touched by cancer in some aspect of their life. And you're holding that space and providing not only an opportunity of service, but a, a chance for people to be become a, a, a part of this family together in a different way and, and to hold space for one another in a catharsis and, and in a beautiful testimony, a holy space, really. A holy space. I love that. Uh, definitely a holy space, a sacred space, and a space that I want to not have to hold for 10 more years. I don't want to be in business this way. I don't want to continue to every year have to come to Nationals. I'd rather have to come to Nationals and let's do a celebration concert because we have 10 more survivors, you know what I mean? And just flip it because they've truly found the cure. Um, so that's the other part where I also say, you know, we don't want to do this for 10 more years. Like, you know, it's successful. It's going well. Yes, we, we, you know, we're working on the national nonprofit of it all, but I'd like to not even have to go there. Let's just say, oh, we, we have to close shop. You know what I mean? Let's have a different conversation. But that's where we are, though, right now. We still have to fight. Well, and that's your advocacy work. So there's a there's a servitude yeah. to those who are in need of that support. But I think what you're also saying is enough is enough. And building that awareness is part of flipping that script. Like, see everybody, see how big of a deal this is. Can we please find a cure? Like if the more awareness we can have, the more we realize this is impacting so many people and we have to flip it. We do not want to continue having awareness, you know, badges yeah. and, you know. Um, and what I love too is you continue to build your own script. Like uh, this is huge for Hillary and I. We're like, who says? And John, you are such a role model of that you had so much pushback with twirling in your early days. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, and now it's built some intrigue and curiosity from others like, oh, John Baton, I'm so intrigued now. He's so interesting. So there's an acceptance and you've really helped um, even bring the sport alive. And you. then you're saying, well, now I wanna raise awareness for this, um, for this, for cancer. And someone could have easily said, well, what's being done right now? Who's the most successful right now in terms of raising mm. awareness for cancer? Um, so I'll just, I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to have to leave. This is not traditional. Not John. <laughs> John's like, well, I'm going to take what I know, trolling, and I'm going to combine it with cancer advocacy. And this is, I've never heard of anything like this in terms of using the sport or the art fully integrated into your right. campaign. Um, and, and, and then let's, yeah. let's, let's just be clear that I'm still a man and you know, men, we're kind of stupid. We're not like women and how you all can be in the world. And so I'm going on about, it's about my mom, forgetting that I'm in a female dominated sport. So hello, yes, breast cancer is gonna resonate in a female dominated sport. Totally. So that's also a little bit of where I've got to own. Yes, I may have grown into understanding the level of power that can happen from this, this um, organization. But at first I was, like I said, very much centered around my family not realizing how much this is going to be impactful to the masses of my sport. And then, you know, and then it trickles from there and that we know there's already work being done from Susan G. Coleman and Avon and whatnot, but this is my little niche. And within my little niche, it can then expand because most people don't even realize baton twirling still exists, especially at the competitive level, like it has grown just because we're not on TV, like a lot of the other sports. So that once again, it gives another uniqueness to it. And then once again, you bring a black guy, male that's coming in, talking about stuff, and then also having a breast cancer conversation. It just makes it a different, um, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Well, and I, I love 
the aspect of the uniqueness as you're talking about as well. And, you know, there's a show on TV right now that's called A Million Little Things. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but one of the characters on there is a man who had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the very, the struggle with like, no one ever thinks about men having right. breast cancer as well. And I love this year how you have kind of flipped, you know, things a little bit more, you've, you've added a little bit more to your, to your t-shirts and your, we're going to give the site for people um, as well, but tell us about your, your logo this year. I just love it. So currently it is still twirling to fight cancer, but the tagline is just shifted a little bit to twirling to fight all capital A-L-L cancers. And that just literally comes from the conversations through 10 years. We're in our 11th year and throughout the 10 years, we've had many people support but we also have had the stories be, although my mother or although my, um, no one in my family had breast cancer, my husband had you know, prostate cancer, my grandfather, you know, someone had some form of cancer and they always would ask, are we, you know, do you think you're gonna do something next year, maybe just on that? And so what we ended up doing in the 11th year, deciding to do all cancers, and then the logo has all the different ribbons collaborating to create a ribbon. And the first part of the ribbon is still solid pink because that's our foundation. It was breast cancer. And then it sprays off into the other ribbons, which would be um, ovarian cancer, prostate, et cetera. And so it becomes very um, new, very powerful, but also a stronger, heavier reach because at the end of the day, we've got boys to twirl. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, we've got people that just don't all have breast cancer. And so it's a different campaign this year and it's going great. Um, we we're gonna do another TikTok challenge. So we did that last year during the pandemic. That was one of the ahas that I had finally getting into more of the technology. So John Baton picked up his batons and I literally did almost like a 16 count routine little thing flip and you know, was popping in ah, 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 <laughs> and then said, okay, now your turn. And then the girls and the guys were just going off. I mean, we have people from France, from Japan, you know what I mean? Because it is a global market with the internet. And, you know, sometimes as the older folks, we're thinking all oh, these kids and the, the social media, but that was the way in which that awareness was able to grow even bigger for our organization because of social media and everybody was in the house. You know what I mean? So they had nothing to do but watch whatever their interest was. And so we took it that way. So we did a TikTok challenge and then we got TikTok winners. And then I was able to create another PSA for the winners to be showcased in the PSA. And that was really came out nice. We did a Wonder Woman theme because it happened to be all women that ended up being in the top four. And so each girl had her own little routine, but they did a spin and the spin was the old school 1980s Linda Carter Wonder Woman where this explosion happened and then they were in their costume. And then they did it. So it was was really cool. Um, So twirling to fight all cancers. That's the 2021 theme. And we're running with it. We are running with it, if that makes sense. Oh, yes, we are right there. I'm so now I am curious, like, okay, I'm gonna get on TikTok. I'm gonna go find that PSA from last year. Right? I was thinking that too. And then I was also thinking the fact that Sonia and I were just talking about the fact that we have yet to do a reel, like we haven't gone on oh. our TikTok, either one, you know, and so we're like, oh, we really need to do that. Now, I don't know that I could do but maybe you could do a beginner Challenge. And you so can, but that could be the funny part of it. You could say, we don't know a thing about baton twirling, but we know John Baton and here's our twirling to fight cancer. Boom, TikTok. And it's like, and it was to who runs the world. So it was Beyonce, you know, like girls run the world. Totally so it's that. good music. And all you got to do yeah. is jam a little bit, pop a little booty. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. There'll yes, be a knockout. You'll have, you have more, more hits than I ever did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sonia, I mean. Oh, you know All right. 
You Game on. And, just, and duet me. Time. So you'll just duet it. Your John Baton will be on one side. You guys are on the other as the team duet. And watch, we'll probably, you know, have about $10,000 to give to the Torland to fight cancer from all the people that hit oh, you guys up. Sure. <laughs> And our decided heart audience, they're going to be like, we want to see Hillary. We want to see Hillary and Sonia, the duo, try this. And I'm willing to. I have the courage to try. I, you I do. It. And I will borrow her courage. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys. Oh, so, John, you too. Yes, John. What, so um, you told us about some of the campaigns happening now. Um, what, what is the other best way if they say, I have found, I really want to donate. I want to mm -hmm. get those shirts. Like you talked about the store a little bit, but what is the best way that our audience can reach you? So I think the easiest way and the best way has either been through Instagram and they can either do it through John Baton. So my handle is just at John Baton, J-O-H-N, um, B-A-T-O-N, or twirling to fight cancer. And obviously that hashtag is T and the number two F-C. So twirling two fight cancer. So they can get me through either of those venues. I'm also on Facebook, also under John Baton Mitchell. Um, so it's very, in my opinion, easy to get a hold of me if you're like, hey, can you even come and do a workshop? Can you dumb and come and speak about, you know, your journey? I do do a piece on a motivational speaking called Remember the Story, which if you remember, Sonia, I did that back at UCSB. I still, do, you know, am able to perform that a lot of times during Black History Month. It becomes extremely relevant because it's a piece that I do where I'm in slavery I move into slavery and cross the ocean and go into slavery and then end up graduating from college. And I depict all of that on stage and then speak mm -hmm. to the people about them remembering their story. And so that's still there, that's still with me. So, you know, I'm here, I'm available um, and I love to give at the same time, um, I also love to share. Do you know what I mean? Share a little bit of my heart so that I can get that back and someone sharing their heart and their story with me. It's just how the world goes around. We've got to do it more now than ever. Thank you. I don't want to end today's episode at all. And I, I feel, I mean, I really don't, but I, I know I have to. So, <laughs> <laughs> so We'll do our own thing. We'll come to Santa Barbara or something and we'll just have our own talk. And then everyone else will just have to come and join us. We'll tell them where I we're at and they all know. can come and visit or something like that. For real, I would love for this to happen because you are one of the most uplifting human beings I have ever come across, John Mitchell. I just, I really, really have to say thank you so much for holding space for us. I love you really exemplify the idea of the DH effect. The effect part mm. is what happens once you make that decision. What do you put into motion? And you just continue to, to have these ripple effects. I mean, you had it on us today. You'll have it on our listeners. You have it every time you pick up a baton, every time you present, every time you sell a t-shirt. I want to thank you so much for wow. giving back in such a big, huge way to the world. Thank you, Hillary. You're incredible. <laughs> that, was, that was really nice. And um, if I can just say this, it feels good to know that... Um, you know, you guys are doing what you're doing. You're coming from your heart and it, you can just feel it. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you just need that in life. You never know what people are going through. And you guys have to keep doing what you're doing because you're not only purposeful, but you're God anchored. You have that spirit that makes it um, special for people to um, tap into. And you allowing me the ability to share some of what I do. I thank you. I honor you all for doing that. But I also want to just share it back and say, thank you for you being you. We need 
um, these women that are in this world to have a voice and speak strong and confident, but still hold on to their um, nurtureness and their, their womanness of who they are. And you both exemplify that beautifully. And so I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for this time. And um, I just had to share that. Sorry, I got a little emotional, but you guys are really doing your thing. And I just really am um, honored. I'm really honored. Thank you so much, John. And I know Hillary has to close it. See, we're, we find ways to not close the show. Um, <laughs> but the thing though, John, it isn't, I think that we all have this. We all have this moment of, I, I want to be vulnerable. I don't know how, what does that look like? What does the connection look like with people I know, people I don't know? Hillary and John, you guys just met like 30 minutes right. ago. <laughs> and right. what we're, we're modeling too is the openness. Like it doesn't, there's no magic talent or skill. It's an openness. It's a mm -hmm. warmth. Mm -hmm. It's a, I can be here and simply just be and not have yeah. these expectations or the agenda or the, you know, the, I have to have these expectations. If we can model just simply being present with one another, look what happens in a conversation that just right, unfolded right. today. And I'm hoping that that inspires our listeners and viewers to say, if you're just there, reach out. You can also have these meaningful connections. So I so appreciate you trusting us and our the, this connection, you know, with the DH effect and allowing that to, to grow. So thank you. Great job. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I thank you, ladies. And um, let me know what else I can do. Great. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And thank you for joining another episode of the Decided Heart Effect, the DH Effect. We will have all of John's, all the ways that you can buy the, the shirts to support his links, his handles, all of that will be listed on YouTube, on our all of our, our social media platforms. So be sure that you do subscribe so that you're able to get a hold of John and see all of the other wonderful guests that we have coming up ahead. I don't know if anybody else is ever gonna be able to top John for us here, but, but we're sure gonna give it a try. So thank you for once again, joining us and don't forget to live with a decided heart.